Welcome to Season 3, Episode 33 of the Indotechno Podcast. I'm Alan Hallowell, Venture Partner at Leading Early Stage Indonesian VC, AC Ventures, and Founder of Startup Consultancy, Gizmo Advisors. Now, one very promising category of the internet economy in Indonesia that we have been desperately waiting to cover has been the Direct-to-Consumer, or DTC, category. One of the fastest growing segments of the Indonesian e-commerce and retail space, DTC allows each brand direct access to consumers through any number of channels. The brand can build a better relationship with their customers by connecting with them directly, whether online or offline, and by offering the type of content and product that resonates best with their audiences. Today we have joining us the founders of Saturdays, which are Indonesia's leaders in direct-to-consumer lifestyle eyewear. I like to refer to them as the Warby Parker of Indonesia. And Andrew Kandola, great to have you join us today. I know this session has been a long, long time in the planning. So once again, thanks for joining. Thanks for having us, Alan. Great to be here. Excellent. Now, basic question. Would you guys describe yourselves as retailers at heart with an interest in technology? Or are you guys technologists at heart with an affinity for retailing? We would actually describe ourselves as tech-enabled retail, Alan. We started this brand as a digital first one back in 2016. And technology is actually still at the heart of what we do. But we also quickly realized that customers wanted to try on the product and develop a trust with the brand in person. Plus, most customers don't even know what their prescription is. And so they need to get the eye checking done in person. So we actually started to do pop-ups on the weekends. And not only was it great for our customers, but it also accelerated our own learnings and shortened the feedback loop. So we could speak with the customers directly, see how they interacted with our products and get real-time feedback. Well, I've always enjoyed going to your outlets and I also like your mobile app. I indeed referred to you guys as the quote-unquote Warby Parker of Indonesia. I happen to buy exclusively from Warby Parker when I'm here in the States. And for those not familiar with Warby Parker, it also is an online retailer of prescription glasses, contact lenses, and sunglasses. They have, in very simple terms, disrupted the U.S. eyeglass industry by offering frames and prescription lenses for $99. U.S. Can you guys tell us how we resemble the Warby Parker value proposition in both obvious ways and maybe more nuanced ways? Sure. In obvious ways, both of us are direct consumer eyewear brands that created an alternative to the dominant player in the industry by offering designer quality eyewear for a fraction of a price. So basically the business model is we design the glasses in-house and offer directly to consumer, uh, cutting out all the middlemen and We offer the products through our stores, website, app, and home try-on. So that's really the obvious side. And that leads us to the second part, which is the non-obvious ways. And there are many, but I'll try to limit it down to just a couple. One is design. We design the products for Asian consumers to fit and look great. Asian features are very different than Western ones. And so predominantly, we focus on that category. We do still have glasses that would look great on you, though, Alan. I think secondly is just a brand in general, right? So 
we always thought of Saturdays as more of a lifestyle brand, hence the name Saturdays. This is really a feeling, it's fun, it's relaxed, and you can be who you want on a Saturday. And that's really what we want customers to feel when they wear our eyewear, that it's a reflection of themselves. And then I think lastly, really, it's the localized customer experience. So when you're looking at something like home try-on service that we offer, we actually come to the customer's home, we do the eye testing, we bring 100 frames, whereas Warby does a five frames order through the mail, and then you send it back. Also for our stores, we do more of a lifestyle coffee experience, and Warby has more of a library-inspired one. So I think those are the ones that I would highlight. I love the Saturday positioning. And I would love to wear the glasses, but you clearly have not seen my nose, Andrew. But Rama has. You very patiently waited while I tried on a number of frames at one of your stores. And they basically were just sat there perched on this very big nose, which I've broken four times. But <laughs> I will always take you up on a coffee. You guys serve delicious coffees in store. So expect me to make good on that one. Sounds good. Great. Now... Let's get back to basics. Tell us about the opportunity here in terms of market size and longer term growth trends in Indonesia. Maybe we can start from a global view first, because vision impairment is a huge problem globally, right? The World Health Organization put out a study earlier this year, 2.2 billion people globally have vision impairment and more than 1 billion don't even know that they need eyewear. This causes huge amounts of productivity losses in the hundreds of billions on an annual basis. And so this number actually, or the need for corrective vision, is only going to increase. By the time 2030 rolls around, 40% of the global population will require some form of vision correction. The World Health Organization predicts by 2050, 50% of the population will require vision correction. It's a huge opportunity. In Asia, the figures are even larger. The Economist put out an article in June 2022, and it stated by the time someone reaches the age of 20 years old, more than 80% require glasses in the markets of Hong Kong, Taiwan, Singapore, really the developed markets of Asia. And so we see that in Indonesia, reliable numbers like this are pretty hard to come by. There's not many studies, but the major cities in Indonesia would really follow this trend we predict. And as more people spend time inside, not seeing sunlight and on their devices constantly. Understood. Some very persuasive reasons to think of this as a truly secular growth opportunity. A very basic question for you guys. We describe ourselves as a seamless tech-enabled omni-channel experience. What is our most sophisticated technology at work? in order to support this omni-channel business model? Our ultimate goal is to bring the best customer experience by providing seamless omni-channel experience through offline, online, home try-on, through technology, Alan. So we are working some of the technology. One of the things that we're working on right now is the digital frame recommendation on your device. So this basically allows you to scan the customer's face and the shape and size and recommend which frame suitable for you. So that's one example. This second one that we're building is our own POS system. So this makes it faster for the checkout process in store and better understanding customer's journey and preference through our multiple platforms, the website, application, home client, and stores. Very cool. Now, can you share with us how Saturday supply chain works? Historically, 
I think this business has had a pretty convoluted supply chain. How are we approaching supply chain at Saturdays? Sure. So as Andrew mentioned, we are a direct consumer brand. So that means we design all our frames in-house to fit and look great for the local Indonesian market. So we then work with world-class production partners to create our unique design and we can sell directly to the customers. So there are no middlemen involved or license fee. So we're able to provide exceptional value by creating high quality products for a fraction of the price. For the lenses, we also use local in-house Saturday's lenses. We also have multiple partners as well internationally. Understood. So you just mentioned cutting out the middleman. Can you describe what we mean here? And can you actually quantify the benefits of cutting out that middleman? I mean, are we able to reduce ASPs by a certain percent? How do we quantify that benefit? Sure. So that means we go from the factory directly to the consumer through our own channels. So the industry has historically been dominated by middlemen. So basically you have the producers, you have the brands, you have the licensors, distributors, retailers, and each one is taking a margin. So the prices increase by the huge amount by the time it reaches to the customers with the optical retailers. What we do is we use high quality materials such as Italian acetate or Japanese titanium so we can produce designer quality glasses at a fraction of the price and we still earn a healthy margin for our business to be sustainable. Well, I wanted to push on that a little more. We talk about having positive unit economics across all channels. What has been the most important part of the business that we have had to achieve in order to realize this profitability? I'll take that one, Alan. I think a big factor is just knowing what levers to pull in each channel to manage the revenue versus costs and then maintain good economics. But it really comes down to a couple of things. I think one are people, right? So investing in people is extremely important since most of our employees interact directly with our customers daily, right? So they're really on the front line. And we started Saturday's Academy to train our staff through multiple different levels and also send our high performers to optometry school under a full scholarship from Saturday's. Second is the right merchandise. So we need to ensure that the products we produce and offer are the right ones for the customers. And they're really the ones that the customer want. And we need to manage our inventory appropriately. The best-selling frames are constantly in stock in our stores and available online. And I think lastly, the basic foundation for what we do is building a strong brand in Saturdays. If we don't deliver excellent products and services that offer value to the customer, then really the foundation is broken and we can't achieve the positive long-term performance that we aim for. Understood. Talk to us, for instance, about our most important demographic and their unique needs and preferences. So our target market right now is first jobbers and up. So we target the market segment who mostly know that they require eyewear, they wear it to work, and they can afford it either through their own pocket or through insurance. But right now, we're also broadening our demographic, Alan. So we plan to launch a collection for the Gen Z and for the kids very soon. Very cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Now, Rama, I got to know you a few years ago. You have always had a very easygoing air about you. How would you describe the atmosphere or culture of Saturdays? So I think for us at Saturdays, we want to create a fun working environment. We'll also focus on the talent density to make sure that we deliver high quality output. So the values that we develop is actually from our own personality, me and Andrew. 
So our brand is called Saturdays, and our value is called Sabtu. Its Indonesian name is Mil Saturdays. So I can go through it quickly. So as Mil is simple, basically we just want to keep it simple and just want to be re reliable and so humble. A is for agile, so we just want to be able to work quickly and just be what if needed. B stands for the bold, so we're just fearless, we just say never give up. We just want to continue to strive for the excellence. T stands for think differently. So we just want to encourage our people to constantly challenge conventional wisdom to problem solve and just, just invent. The last one is you is understanding customers. Without customers, we won't be where we are right now. Mangarati, very cool. I understand. Let's get a little more personal. How do you guys, the two co-founders, work together? It's been great working with Rama on this venture, and I hope he would say the same. Before we started Saturdays, we actually worked together in a corporate environment for more than three years. So we're already quite familiar with each other's working styles, but we're also good friends, and it's just more fun building a company with a friend. I can totally imagine that, and that previous familiarity must have proven critical in getting so far and having collaborated so successfully. Now, I assume that you guys have experienced nothing short of a roller coaster ride throughout the pandemic. Can you tell us about the ups and downs? Sure. The downs were a lot, but we survived and came out stronger than before. The biggest downer was our stores were closed for several months. And even after they reopened, the restrictions stayed very tight for the months following and really no certainty that things will recover or when they'll recover, right? It was a tough time, but they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And then for the ups, reflecting and looking back you know, where we are today, there's actually several positives that we saw from the pandemic. We accelerated the development of our mobile application and omni-channel tech integration. I think Rama talked about some of that earlier. And then we also launched the home try-on service. That's the service in which customer can make an appointment to have an optician come to their home and do eye testing and try on frames and then purchase something if they see a frame that they like. And then our opticians come to the home in the full kind of COVID protocol safety requirements as well. And I think lastly, one of the benefits that we got from the pandemic is we secured mall locations, right? So before the pandemic, it proved that it was much more difficult for a new brand to get locations. But then during the pandemic, things opened up a little bit more and we were able to actually secure quite a few offline locations, which has been very helpful coming out of that. Wow. So you guys really took advantage of the lull in business to expand your services or business lines. You were plotting new store growth and a bunch of other things. Now, looking forward, if there were one thing you guys are singularly focused on achieving over the next year, what would that be? People, Alan. So the success of our companies all depend on the quality of the people in the stores as well as the headquarter. So we really focus on improving all aspects of the human resources and improve the store productivity going to next year. Understood. Now, I've noticed in our marketing material, we say that Asian customers are vastly underserved. What are we referring to here? Asian face has the different facial structure than Western faces. So we designed the eyewear for the Asian consumers because a lot of the eyewear right now in the market is designed for the Western faces. So that's why there's a lot of complaints from the customers about the glasses falling off the nose or hitting the cheekbones because the glasses are not designed to fit and look 
good for the Asian consumers because again, I think from the nose and also for the facial structure, it is totally different between Asian and also Western faces. Understood. Now, the eyewear industry has long been described as a near monopoly globally with Italy-based Luxottica exerting significant dominance. Can you explain this for our audience? Sure. Try not to bore the audience with too many details here, but essentially, Sarah Zotica is vertically integrated eyewear giant with more than 20 billion in revenue and has a significant share of the global organized eyewear market, right? So they design, manufacture, distribute the lenses and frames and have more than 10,000 stores of their own. Most of the popular brands that you would find in even the local big optical chains here, such as Ray-Ban, Oakley, Prada, Chanel, these are Lazatica-owned brands. And because of this industry dominance, they've also been able to keep prices artificially high. And customers were really left with very few alternatives. And that's, you know, at the heart of where a brand like ours is able to come in and offer an alternative for affordable, high-quality eyewear. Understood. Now, does this monopoly extend into Indonesia or does it continue to be the case in Indonesia? Yes, in the organized segment of the market, Alan, you can easily see it on the big optical chains with hundreds of stores across Indonesia. So they're largely the result of the Lusotica brands and each chain have carried different Lusotica brands. However, in Indonesia, there is also a highly fragmented unorganized segment of the market, which is the mom and pops. And they have less exposure to Lusotica as they mostly sell the fake products or the low quality white label for cheap prices. Understood. Now, onto another topic. How important have social media influencers been to Saturday's growth? I think in general, we love to work with people that love our brand. And we've been fortunate over the years through the community. So we have grown organically developing relationship with them over the years. And they want to promote our product within their community through their social media platform, Alan. Got you. Now, something near and dear to my heart, as I referenced earlier, we include a free coffee with every purchase. Where did this idea come from? Mostly it came from our personal love of coffee and the constant goal to wow the customer. We wanted to provide a truly differentiated customer experience. And as in Indonesia, we love to hang out and we love coffee. Why not bring those together? So in many of our stores, customers can enjoy a free coffee while they wait for the glasses. And every time they come back, they can get, buy one, get one free coffee just by wearing Saturday's frames. We're actually like for those that also don't wear our glasses, they can also come in and enjoy the coffee like yourself, Alan. But we really wanted to build not only an eyewear brand, but also a community around our brand. And over a cup of coffee seemed like a great way to do so. I have to say, I think it's, again, a very insightful decision. Guys, this session has been well worth the wait. I think it's been nearly a year in the making. I have to say, I love the Saturday's brand and lots of respect for its position in the market. Also, frankly, for my own selfish purposes, I'm really pleased to finally have a DTC leader join an Indo Techno podcast episode. Super exciting to hear of your future plans. But again, for me, the coffee is the clincher. So keep the espresso flooring, all righty? And thanks again for joining. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. You're very welcome. We hope our listeners have enjoyed today's episode. As always, please consider sharing any feedback that you have about the Indo Techno podcast with us. 
Terima kasih. Sampai jumpa lagi.